Hello and welcome to another episode of the UConn Football Podcast. This is Amon Kidwai. I'm joined by Tucker Warner and Luke Swanson here to preview one of the biggest games of the year, UConn football hosting Syracuse at Rentschler Field. The game's taking place at 7 p.m., so we'll be under the lights. If you're watching on TV, CBS Sports Network, the Huskies have an all-time winning record against Syracuse. I don't want to say it, but I'm saying it, folks. Uh, However, it has not been smooth sailing for the Huskies uh, lately, having lost their last three against the Orange. This year, the Huskies are looking a little bit better than expected, though, and some are maybe thinking we have the potential to maybe make an upset. However, Syracuse has also come out and started its season maybe looking a little bit better than expected. Tucker, you are our resident Syracuse expert. We're, we're lucky <laughs> to have you on the podcast today. Uh, what do we need to know about this, this Syracuse team that, that UConn's facing on Saturday? Well, uh, as the, uh, the expert here, as someone who's really been in touch with Syracuse football for so, so long, um, I really think that, uh, you know, the biggest standout is, of course, uh, Sean Tucker at running back. Uh, this is a guy who was a second team All-American last year. He's totally dominant. And, you know, even running behind a not so great offensive line, which is perfectly fine line, but nothing special whatsoever. Uh, the guy just can like eats up yards efficiently, you know, can catch passes out of the backfield. He's everything you'd want in a modern college running back and a complete workhorse to go along with it. So that's the sort of thing that kind of spells trouble for this UConn defense based on what we've seen so far. Uh, think, you know, despite the issues with maybe some talent gaps at the defensive back, really it's been the run defense. That's been the thing that has maybe struggled most so far. Uh, we gave up way more runs, uh, made more rushing yards than necessary against Utah state, uh, a higher than expected yards per carry on actual rushing plays against central Connecticut, which has me a little bit worried about how we're going to stop the Syracuse offense in this game. Uh, there's, you know, plenty to think about with uh, the Syracuse team as a whole, but for me, that's matchup number one with their superstar player and it doesn't look like we're going to be winning that one. I think that uh, I described this in the in the preview. I think that the, the the rushing game is a concern. It is definitely a concern. I think it, it's hard to call it for me the number one concern because that's where UConn has the good players, in uh, Jackson Mitchell and Ian Swenson, and two outside linebackers haven't showed me enough to say that they're bad. But as opposed to defensive backs. Uh, they've shown me that they have zero uh, very good players at that position. So that's really what I'm looking at. Like we know that Jackson Mitchell, like as, as long as they don't run away from him the entire game, what kind of like what central did, he's going to get the tackles. I think that uh, last week was sort of a, a happy learns to putt moment for uh, Garrett Schrader and the Syracuse uh, offense, and although they don't really have a, a ton of proven receiving talent, Schrader, he, he kind of he, he aired it out a lot more. He, he, his 18 attempts were more than any any game last year, uh, 238, yeah, 237 to 338 yards was, I think, was more than any other game he, he uh, played in last year, too, and uh, at least as many as he had uh, playing quarterback for Mississippi State. So... 
I, I think that uh, their new offensive coordinator, co- coordinator um, Syracuse, they're still going to be uh, it's still going to be a heavy diet of run plays, but uh, I think the pass is uh, sort of where UConn's deep weakness is on the defensive side of the ball. I think that uh, a lot of those uh, a lot of the stats so far have been aided by a central quarterback who was unable to make simple passes and in place where the wide receivers were wide open. So I think that with Syracuse, the game plan might be, and probably should be establish the run, get your superstar running back and uh, mobile quarterback in the game, and then use that to open up down the field where the UConn defensive backs have not proven that they can uh, cover receivers. Yeah. I do not like this matchup for the UConn defense because as as you're pointing out, Luke, if if Syracuse is really strong in the run game, that's going up against UConn's strength. They'll probably still do all right, uh, even though even though UConn might be decently suited to stop them there. And I think Syracuse is going to be really able to exploit the secondary in the passing game, based on you know we don't know a ton, but based on what we've seen, I think that's that's a fair guess. And so that, that is a concern where, you know, they're, it is the weakest part of their offense, relatively speaking, but uh, they probably won't have trouble moving the ball through the air uh, when they need it. And so I do think that's kind of what, what's going to give them an advantage on that side of the ball. Yeah. I think, and I think a defensive Tucker's point in that, uh, that the deep run defense hasn't shown any, shown anything particularly special either. I don't even, I don't know if I'd call it a strength per se. I'd just say it's where the better players are on the field and maybe not a a standout position. Just they have good players here. Uh, It's not proven they have good players anywhere else. Yeah. And I think like one thing to keep in mind too, and you know, I I don't want to say let's pump the brakes on Garrett Schrader. Uh, This guy was definitely the best Syracuse quarterback all season last year. Uh, It was really confusing why Tommy DeVito got so many reps when they had a guy who was clearly outplaying him kept mostly on the bench. Uh, But, you know, like looking through his stats, it looks pretty similar to his final game of last season against Pittsburgh. And that was after a season where he did have up and uh, ups and downs there as well. So I think with Schrader, you kind of have to just wait a little bit and see whether uh, last week against Louisville was indicative of improvement and his true ability or just one of those flash in the pan games that he is capable of having as a guy with without much consistency to this point in his career so far. So, you know, with our fairly porous secondary you know i think they do need to focus in on him as part of their game plan and make sure that he's not beating them with deep balls because that could absolutely become disastrous to this yukon defense uh but that's not necessarily the guy where i'm like ooh okay we need to make sure that we absolutely cannot get beat yeah. by because he's not going to be the guy that beats you with like you know eight yard pass here eight yard pass there over and over he's going to be the guy that beats you with like a 25 yard pass play that turns into a 50 yard one as opposed to just like you know that consistency and overall sort of game management styles so you know the way that the UConn linebackers have played especially uh in pass coverage and I can shout out Jackson Mitchell there again too um that's got me a little more worried about Schrader than I otherwise would be because those seven eight yard passes we've kind of gotten down it's those big plays that we need to stop and uh we haven't shown a ton of ability that like that would make me have faith in uh 
you know, like our ability to stop that just yet. So color me a little bit concerned about uh, what we're going to see from the Syracuse offense uh, in this game. Uh, Hopefully, you know, they've figured out a game plan that's going to work for them and make sure everything is set. But, uh, you know, I've got some pretty big questions here. Yeah, I was surprised when I looked at the box score for the Syracuse versus Louisville, obviously a 31-17 victory last week. I, I expected it to be sort of just a, what well, we talk about eight yard outs, uh, just a little dink and, dunk, dink and dunk. Then when I watched part of the game, I was surprised to see uh, a couple good, I don't want to say great deep balls thrown, but they, they were letting, letting them air it out a little bit, which is kind of the last thing I expected. So that, that's one thing where it's like, is this sustainable or is this sort of a flash in the pan? Mm-hmm. It, it remains to be seen for, for them. So you're right. It's hard, hard for me to take, hard for us to take the eye off the ball uh, and uh, not focus on Tucker as the, as the number one threat, because I can really see a scenario where it's just death by a thousand cuts, just four yard, four yard run, five yard run, just getting, getting a first down every other play. Yeah, well, you know, Dino Babers, he wants to get back to his roots. Uh, He's less on the hot seat than you would think, uh, just because of an enormous buyout number. But this is a guy who's had one winning season in six years, including one where he was, I believe, one in 10 in 2020. And 2021 was not much better for Syracuse. So, uh, you know, he's a guy who really needs to turn some things around, but he also can coach with a little bit of confidence right now because he's here for next year, unless they end up at like two and 10 again this season. Which, which they probably won't. They seem to be on, on a decent track. They won their first game against Louisville handily. They have something going offensively. They're also certainly no slouch defensively. Uh, they seem to have a, a pretty solid defense with a couple of future pros on, on that roster uh, in the secondary, I believe. Uh, Tucker, uh, what, what's, what's the inside scoop on the defense? And maybe more specifically, what can we expect Zion Turner, UConn's freshman, true freshman quarterback, making his second career start? What what are we looking for from him against this defense? Well, uh, you know, as the Syracuse insider and longtime writer for Syracuse.com uh, on this podcast, uh, I can tell you that Garrett Williams, uh, their cornerback, is really good in pass protection. Uh, that's a guy who's probably going to go in day one or two of the NFL draft. I'm thinking two is more likely, but uh, this is a guy who actually has NFL aspirations, uh, definitely going to be drafted, and he's got the talent to match it. Uh, the other thing is, too, is that he's not necessarily that like Darrell Revis type that everybody thinks of going to get, you know, like 20 interceptions. I know he did have one last week against Louisville, but this is a guy who really doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's just steady, consistent, and shuts guys down. So that's, uh, you know, something that you can really <laughs> Uh, have to plan uh, your entire offensive strategy around uh, in terms of your game plan. And uh, that's something that you might struggle with if you've got a true freshman quarterback back there. Uh, The other guy to really look out for is Michael Jones, uh, who plays a little bit of a hybrid, uh, not quite an edge rusher, but a little bit in between, uh, really excellent in the pass rush. And the O-line is really going to have their hands full with him. And they're going to need to target him to make sure that he's not disrupting pass plays before they even start. Uh, He can absolutely stuff the holes and take up like more than one offensive lineman at a time and take them out of the play. 
which is not what you want, especially from a defense that may or may not throw multiple looks at you. So shutting down Jones is going to be one thing that's going to keep our offensive line really, you know, uh, engaged. Uh, I'll put it that way. Uh, based on what I've seen so far, though, uh, for through these first couple of weeks for us and one game for Syracuse, I kind of feel pretty good about our offensive line's ability to target one guy and shut them down. Um, it's not going to necessarily be the same thing as, uh, you know, we saw the last couple of years how, uh, opposing offensive lines could shut down Travis Jones by triple teaming him. Uh, but I will say that he's really the only big concern I have with the Syracuse D line and pass rush. So if you can target that one guy, shut him down, take him out of the play, it could be smoother sailing than we'd expect for the UConn offense. Um, and hopefully Zion Turner is able to take a look at that, feel comfortable within the offense and what he's going to be asked to do for this game and make some plays as a result of that. Yeah, I think when you were when you mentioned uh, uh, taking one guy out of the play, uh, out of the play uh, uh, from the offensive line point of view, I'm kind of looking back and seeing uh, what UConn did to a, a guy like Byron Vaughns, who's by all means uh, uh, one of the better players on, on Utah State's defensive line, who had uh, eleven or sorry, four, eleven tackles for loss last year, four and a half sacks, and uh, I think held him to neither to neither of those statistics uh uh in the first uh first game of the season so certainly uh, uh certainly a feather in the cap of that UConn offensive line that's again still melding as a unit and has at least against central you know uh lesser lesser opponent lesser uh defensive line talent but certainly exceeded my expectations in, in terms of keeping uh, freshman quarterback, Zion Turner clean. He, he really in a lot of places, he had all day sitting back there in the pocket, really going through his reads and uh, letting routes develop. So it's a step forward from where they were against uh, the first week of the season uh, where he was uh, kind of had to, they had to scheme around the defensive line there and uh throw a lot of designed uh designed uh short passes and screen passes and that's another thing that they did to sort of limit Vaughn's effectiveness in the rest of that line so i think that we might see more of that this week more some more uh, uh some more uh, structured routes some more screen passes just things to just just ways to scheme that uh that uh edge rusher edge rushing uh unit of uh syracuse out of the game and so same question, but for the running game, obviously uh, these are two very similar teams. Uh, UConn is very dependent on the output that comes from Nate Carter, also maybe Brian Bruton. So how do we see the UConn rushing attack matching up against Syracuse? Uh, if I have one question about the Syracuse defense, it's actually their ability to stop the run, which makes me feel pretty good about uh, Nate Carter's chances here uh, because this is a guy we know can succeed no matter the caliber of opponent he's playing against, uh, especially, or I should say, even at such a young age, still just a sophomore. Uh, but last week against Louisville, even though Syracuse did a good job of shutting down Malik Cunningham, uh, Tyon Evans still had a pretty impressive game. Uh, I believe it was about 90 yards on just 12 or 13 carries. So you know, that that's a good running back too, but I would say Carter's better. And, you know, if Syracuse can't shut him down on so few carries, that's going to give a lot of opportunities for guys like Carter, you know, even for Bruton and Devontae Houston, uh, the opportunity to get downfield and see some open space and hopefully, you know, like 
get some big pickups as a result of that. So even though, you know, this defensive line is going, or excuse me, this offensive line is going to have its hands full with a couple of these guys. Um, we haven't necessarily seen the same ability on the Syracuse defense to shut down the run. Uh, so if everything breaks right, and especially if this offensive line for UConn can handle their assignments, we could be in for another big game from Nate Carter. I think that while Syracuse uh, sort of shutting down uh, Louisville's rushing attack, or at least limiting them to uh, 137 yards on the ground last week was uh, pretty impressive. I think that they were also the the, the uh, benefit of uh, some turnover luck. There are uh, two fumbles from Malik Cunningham, uh, one lost. So it's just, uh, I don't know if it's like you could totally call it fool's gold, but I think that it, it didn't totally establish Syracuse as a great run-stopping team or uh, disprove them as a great run-stopping team team last week so it's not a not a whole lot we can glean from that but i think that that is going to be yukon's game plan it's going to be uh it's going to be pounding the rock like uh like uh, more has been saying all week um that's going to be that's going to be the number one uh the number one uh thing of the game plan and using it to set up the play action pass and uh more structured routes so it it's not it's going to be pretty pretty easy to predict how the how the game's going to turn out from on the, on that side of the ball. So if we are trying to come up with the uh, formula for success, the the recipe for the upset, it's going to be need to be get the run game going with Carter, but and what else? Well, I think the big one is, you know, limiting big plays from Syracuse as well. I, I think that, you know, like uh, Sean Tucker as more of a workhorse type back uh, isn't necessarily the guy that's going to burn you 40 yards downfield. So if they unexpectedly let up a giant play from him, as we've seen UConn defenses do these past few years, well, then we're not going to be able to win the game that way. So you need to make sure that doesn't happen. And the way Garrett Schrader is going to beat you is with a lot of those deep passes and big plays and that high variance uh, style of play that he has. So you got to shut them down from like picking up 40, 50 yards in one swoop, no long touchdowns, anything like that. And if the offense just does its job at that point, then I think we could be in good shape. Yeah, his play style really reminds me of a, uh, sort of another SEC product that's transferred elsewhere, Bo Nix, a little bit. He's a sort of a discount Bo Nix, which anytime, anytime you let yourself get ripped apart by discount Bo Nix, it's, it's always a great sign for your program. But it, seriously, I, I do think that it's pretty much how the game is going to be, is going to be uh, won or lost is sort of the effectiveness of big plays on Syracuse side of the ball. Like Syracuse can win by going like what we said earlier, like, like three, four yards in a cloud of dust. Like, I, I just don't think that the UConn defense is especially built to stop that. I, especially with the lack of disruption on the, on the defensive line. Like if UConn can't get too many negative plays on the defensive line, it's just going to be a, a, a slow, a slow throttle through uh, uh, plenty of zone reads and uh, no one really being there at the line of scrimmage to stop them. So, and if, if Syracuse can reliably get those four or five yards on first down, then it's going to set them up really well for the, the deep passing game, like Tucker said. So I think that it starts at the line of scrimmage like it often does. And if UConn can get some disruption up there, it will 
sort of stop the whole chain of events before it happens, or at least slow it down. And then they can work from there on the offensive side of the ball, just, just doing what they do. I, I trust Nick Charlton at this point to develop a pretty good game plan on that side of the ball. I don't think it's going to be anything super groundbreaking or different from what we saw against Utah state. So that's sort of the, the, the recipe for success there. All right. So to wrap things up, let's go with final predictions. It's going to be UConn versus Syracuse rivalry game. Throw out the record books under the lights at the rent. I believe it's uh, what's, what's the spread. It's like 20 something points right now. I've seen 23. It might've come down a bit. Well, Amon, so got- if, you're, if you're head coach Jim Mora, you don't care about the rivalries. It's just like every other game, which is another business trip. It's business it's trip. just another business trip, half an hour down the road to to Rancho Field. It's what you need to. It's what really gets those butts in the seats. Is uh is when your head coach says uh, he doesn't care about rivalries. Business trip for Jim Mora, rivalry game for the fans. Certainly, I'm sure there'll be lots of Syracuse uh, in the stands. And in the parking lots, which uh, may be tough to deal with. At any rate, final predictions for the game. Start with Tucker. You know, when we were doing our schedule previews, I said my bold prediction was UConn wins this game. I know it's looking less likely now, but what am I going to do if I'm not somebody who doesn't stick to his guns? Uh, It's a bold prediction. I'll put it out there. I'll go with the upset. I'll say UConn 23-20. Woo! Wow. Tucker Warner does not back down from a challenge or a preseason prediction. Good for you. Yeah, I'm too stubborn. Let's face it. We all can appreciate and respect that. Well, I'm going to go the same way as Tucker and say that UConn wins – uh, plenty of people outside of the state of Connecticut money by covering the point spread and uh, uh, falling mm, 28 to 20. 28 to 20. One score game. One, technically one game. score game. Very low scoring. Um, okay. Be over probably in two and a half hours with how these two offenses roll. I, I guess I'm the least optimistic of the bunch here. I I do think it's going to be a multi-score UConn loss. I, I, uh, I have it at a 17 point loss for UConn. Uh, So I I do think they'll cover, which, which is nice, but I think, I think Syracuse has enough advantages to make UConn pay. I do think there will be some big plays particularly in the passing game for Syracuse. Uh, and I don't know if UConn has enough firepower, not that it needs a ton, but I don't know that it, if UConn will have enough to pull that off. As uh, a final bonus prediction, Tucker, I know you're going to be going to the game. What's your prediction for the lots at Pratt and Whitney Stadium at Rensselaer Field? Oh, the Paws Arf parking lots are going to be pretty full, I'd say. We finally got like a good big regional opponent to come in at a season they're relatively excited for, an opponent they're excited for, that's for sure. And, you know, I think UConn fans are really excited for this one, too. I know the marketing team and the football staff are really trying to go all out on this one. 
I think we're going to see a pretty large crowd for this one. I'm not saying sell out just yet. I don't think we're going to get to the levels of the uh, the time we hosted Michigan back in 2013. But I think that this is going to be the best crowd that the rent has seen in a long, long time. And hopefully the game lives up to that expectation. Isn't that what it's all about? All right. That's going to do it for us, folks. Thank you for listening.